Thanksgiving is upon us in just a couple days, right? Yeah, you like Thanksgiving? I do too. Yeah, good food, giving thanks to God with your family and friends and eating lots of good food, maybe taking a nap on the couch during the football game, and then waking up and doing it all over again. And all the while, remembering how great God has been to you. And what makes it better is what's missing. Commercialization. Now that comes the next day, but Thanksgiving Day itself, pretty simple and straightforward. And uh, unpolluted by materialism. I hope you really have a great Thanksgiving. Today's topic <clears throat> is kind of related to Thanksgiving, Martin Luther's topic, and it's, um, it's a gift from the Holy Spirit that is quite um, difficult to come by for some people. Sadly, it's elusive, this gift. And what it is, what it is, is the last word of today's scripture reference, uh, Philippians 4, verse 11. For I have learned, in whatever state I am, to be content. Why don't you come on in, everybody? Better late than never. Glad you could make it. Our topic today is about contentment and how it relates to Thanksgiving this week. And the fact that contentment is really hard to come by. And what makes it so hard for us? Well, part of it is that we are conditioned to be just the opposite of content. We live in a world that promotes dissatisfaction with our lives. We're encouraged always to improve ourselves, to keep changing ourselves, to keep reinventing ourselves. And advertisers bombard us with newer and better things that would change our lives if only we could get them. People in marketing want you to be dissatisfied so that you keep buying more products. With new toys, we would get new fulfillment. Aren't, aren't we conditioned to believe that our cell phone needs to be replaced every two years, if not every year? We are conditioned to believe that we don't have enough stuff. And the stuff that we have is not good enough. Uh, on another topic, the football team that we support, whatever it may be, if we're not doing well, well, fire the coach, start all over. We are not patient, and we are not content, generally, as a, as a society. We're constantly comparing ourselves to others. We assume that they have it so much better than we do. Martin Luther noticed this 500 years ago. He said, um, he said a couple of things about contentment. Number one is about your stuff. He said, while a Christian should never be satisfied with what he is, he should always be content with what he has. He might say that, you know, he might say, quit fretting about getting more stuff. His motto was, and I quote, for what God gives, I thank indeed what he withholds. I do not need. Think of somebody that you know who has lots of stuff and he can't seem to get enough stuff. Well, you know what you have that he will never have? Enough. So 
Sometimes I think we all need to take a walk down an inner city street in Africa or India and see the sights and hear the sounds and smell the smells. And I'm not talking about the marketplace. I'm talking about the street and the gutter and the death and the human waste and the garbage and the utter poverty. Perhaps you know somebody who's been on a mission helper trip and has had this eye-opening experience for himself. If we had true perspective and really saw how the other half lives, maybe we'd have more contentment. Meanwhile, be content with what the Lord has given you. Martin Luther had an interesting way of looking at this. He, he said, we might look at our neighbor's shoes, of all things. We might look at his shoes and we, we see how comfortably they fit him and how good those shoes look. And yet there's something we don't know. We, we don't know where it pinches his feet. Uh, and on, on the other hand, the neighbor who's wearing those shoes, he only thinks about where the shoes pinch his feet. And he would prefer to have your shoes instead of his. Allow me to illustrate further. One of my, one of my pairs of shoes I'm wearing now, and I like these shoes. They're comfortable, and even though they're getting kind of old, they're still pretty comfortable, and they look halfway presentable, I guess. But there's something you don't know. I mean, for all you know, these are fantastic shoes. But there's an issue with these shoes. You want to see it? Oh, yeah. Hello. Yeah, and wearing, wearing these shoes, fine on a day like today, but uh, don't want to wear them when it's wet. But hey, they're pretty good shoes. I served communion in them just a couple weeks ago. But anyway, I hope you're. I hope you feel better about your own pair of shoes now. Um, <clears throat> the second area where Martin Luther addressed this whole thing about contentment is what he called your lot in life or your station in life. Um, again, here we are conditioned to believe, to feel that our station in life is not quite good enough. We have to keep climbing that ladder. Got to keep advancing, never being satisfied with where you are. And Martin Luther, again, noticed this 500 years ago, too. He said that there'd be a guy at work, on the job, never satisfied, and always trying to improve his station in life, and going from bad to worse. And then what made it even worse is that he'd come home frustrated and discontented, and he'd take it out on his family. He'd scold his wife and kids, and, and then things would deteriorate at the home. Martin Luther saw this over and over again. All because the man could not find contentment with his station in life. Luther said, no doubt he is happy whose circumstances suit his temperament, but he will be happier still who can suit his temperament to any circumstance. He seems to say here that, that your contentment is not about your circumstances. Your contentment is about you. It's about what's inside. The grass is not always greener on the other side of the fence. So, what is the true pathway to contentment? 
Well, the Holy Spirit shows us quite plainly. He tells us to take all those worries that we might have, those discontents that we have, and replace them with prayer. He tells us this in Philippians 4, starting at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Okay, now here's the bit about replacing your worries with prayer. He says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So there you go. There's your contentment. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I wish you all a wonderful, happy, and very contented Thanksgiving. Let's close by singing hymn 51, 5-1.